Hey everyone, it's Peter Rosenberg from Cheap Heat. Join me and the fearless, physically large stat guy, Greg, and of course, Super Agent 35 under 35 Dipperstein as we tackle the biggest stories in pro wrestling each and every week. To hear us, follow the Ringer Wrestling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome into the Ringer Gambling Show College Football Edition. We are on to the national championship. TCU versus Georgia. Early lines are Georgia favored by 13 and a half. 13 and a half in the national championship. All right, that line has moved from 13 and a half to 12 and a half. I think on FanDuel right now, you can see it at 12 and a half and the total set at 62 and a half. We did not think our Horn Frogs would be in this position. Us, some of the biggest Horn Frog backers, you know, some of the biggest Max Duggan backers, Quinton Johnson backers. We were like, no, I think Michigan has it. We didn't even pick, we didn't just pick Michigan to win. We picked Michigan to cover. And, T- and TCU pulls off the major upset. Now, no one is giving them a chance against Georgia. We'll get into previewing that game a little bit later in the show. But before we do that, can we talk about this upset? TCU, Michigan wins 51-45 in one of the craziest college football games of the year. An instant classic, in my opinion. A high-scoring third quarter. J.J. McCarthy and Max Duggan trading spots. You have a backup running back going for a career-high day for TCU. I was floored at these offensive performances on both sides. And honestly, Duggan, I thought, had one of the best games I've seen from a quarterback this year. Man, I lost every bet I placed on the college football playoff semifinals. And I had (laughs) the best eight hours (laughs) that I've had watching football this year, even as that money was circling the drain and going straight into the account of the betting companies. Like, both of those games were completely unexpected. Uh, Both of them were thrilling until literally midnight. Well, not you. You're on West Coast time. So until 9 p.m. for you. But here the clock struck midnight and Ohio State's field goal missed. It it was not just the results of the games was that was surprising, but the way things played out was so counter to what we expected, to what we talked about. I, we did not expect TCU to play with 
Michigan in the trenches. And there they are getting stops on the goal line over and over again. They held Michigan at the one yard line three times. We did not expect Ohio State to play with Georgia. And there they were up 14 in the last quarter. They almost won the game. That was just a beautiful day of football, regardless of the fact that it didn't it didn't go our way on the bet slips. Focusing in on the TCU Michigan game, you know, Max Duggan didn't even complete 50% of his passes through two picks. I thought though, always keeping TCU in it, right? And I think the other part of it of the TCU offense that was having success was Quinton Johnson. Quinton Johnson went for 163 yards and six receptions for a touchdown. He should be one of the first receivers picked in the 2023 NFL draft, a likely first rounder. And then you have Kendra Miller, the running back for TCU, who has been a workhorse all season. He goes down only 11 snaps into the game. Here comes backup Amari DiMercato. Hasn't had more than 11 carries in any game this year. Goes for 150 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown. He did have the fumble, but man, like, this was a really, really impressive like step-up game for DiMercato. And on the other side of it, Michigan, I thought offensively, especially in the third quarter, obviously, J.J. McCarthy stepped up. You had the receiving, receiving core stepping up. Running backs, I mean, Donovan Edwards went for 119 yards on 23 carries. I was really impressed with the offenses on both sides. I think the biggest disappointment, the biggest disappointment was the play calling inside the five-yard line. Like, the Philly special yeah. was heinous. Like, what are you doing? I think Jim Harbaugh showed his ass in this game. Someone that I was backing is like, oh, you give Harbaugh a month to prepare for this TCU team. He's going to come in straight. He's going to come in ready to go. Sony Dykes outcoached him, outclassed him, in my opinion. I thought Harbaugh got exposed in this one because how are you not with what could be back-to-back Joe Moore award-winning offensive lines just pounding the rock inside the five-yard line and going up the gut there? Going Philly special on that play made no sense to me. And then with that play... You lose a ton of yards, and TCU is no longer backed up inside the one-yard line. I thought it was routine mistakes inside the five-yard line in these high-leverage situations that ultimately cost Michigan. People want to bring up the refs. I know that there were some questionable calls. People wanted targeting on the last play of the game. People thought that that was a touchdown that got them on the one-yard line. I don't think the refs are as big of a concern to me than what Harbaugh did from a play-calling perspective in these high-leverage situations. So, I, I mean, they yeah, they screwed up on that, on that first goal line possession. Absolutely. But then later they get down to the one yard line. They give the ball to their fullback. They fumble. Terrible. Later decision. they they get down to the five yard line. They go two handoffs. They have a pass that's completed that gets stopped behind the line of scrimmage. Um, like no matter what, like you said, that offensive line is supposed to be one of the best of the. It was it won the award for the best of the country back to back years. We saw them, you know, kill it in the trenches against Ohio State and TCU was up to the task down there like they taking that trick play aside and and the funny thing was did you see the quote from the TCU player like when Michigan busted out the trick play we we sort of knew we had them if they if they, if they didn't think Fair. they could beat us that way like but even when they went with power it didn't work and the mm-hmm. way like you know, we've been riding the roller coaster with TCU all year long. And they're obviously an incredible football team to get to this point. We're so happy we're rooting for them. Da, 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 da. I'm not I'm not a horn frog hater here, but Michigan like really should have won this game. I mean, 
the three goal line chances that turned into three points and they throw two pick sixes like the the ability Michigan had this the the chance to win this game and they did not and that's why we're seeing a line of of 12 and a half yeah. 13 for next week it's not like TCU came out and you know they they won the game they're in the national champ- championship they've been they they've played up to everybody all season long. They're a great team. They showed up on defense when it mattered with the pick sixes and on the goal line, like I said. But man, Michigan has to feel like they should have won that game, and they did not. They dug themselves in the hole, obviously with that opening possession in the Philly special, the fourth down, not doing well. And then obviously some pick sixes led to some other things. I also think that you know on our pregame analysis of this game, I talked about the trenches and how different Michigan versus TCU is going to be, Big Ten versus Big 12, how different it's going to be, I was flat out wrong. Like, TCU's yeah. offensive and defensive line showed up in this game. Defensively, yep. they had three different players with three uh, three or more pressures. Dylan Horton led the way with six pressures for TCU. Offensively, Michigan was not creating consistent pressure on Duggan. And even when they were, they were not converting that pressure to sacks. I think it was 14 pressure dropbacks for Max Duggan, according to PFF. And only one of those was converted into a sack because Duggan was scrambling well and moving the pocket well. I think that, they got outclassed in the trenches and outcoached on the opposite sideline. I think Dykes came in with a really, really good game plan to stop this team and a really motivated TCU team that I think played with a chip on their shoulder, knowing they were an underdog, knowing was knowing no one was giving them a chance in this game. I think they used that to their advantage. And when you got when you're an underdog and you get a little momentum, just a taste of blood in the water, whether it's a Philly special or an early pick six. That's when things can get a little scary. And team, you know, a Michigan team that came in thought they were going to blow some team out of the water starts to starts to reel a little bit. And I think you saw that in this game for sure. The other game to discuss, obviously, is Georgia Ohio State, a game that I think Ohio State probably should have won if they're a couple yards closer. Yeah, I think that the field goal is a little bit more manageable, and he doesn't just completely ship, you know, um, shank it to the left and. Ohio State is playing TCU in, in the national championship, but instead, obviously, Georgia wins and comeback effort. Stetson Bennett played well in this game, but I thought the biggest reason why Ohio State was able to stay in this game was C.J. Stroud played one of his best games all year and specifically played well under pressure, creating outside of the pocket and his receiving core, you know, creating well on a scramble drill and those things. I think C.J. Stroud was so impressive in how he kept his eyes downfield under pressure, was able to navigate outside the pocket and move the ball downfield with really good receiving core. Obviously, Marvin Harrison wasn't able to finish the game with an injury, but still in the early parts of that game having success. I think the blueprint to beating Georgia is knowing you're going to get pressure. Jalen Carter and that defensive line is going to beat you up. If you have a quarterback that can navigate that pressure well and still get the ball downfield and have receivers that are going to be aware of that and and running the scramble drill effectively, you can keep with Georgia and keep with this Georgia offense. I don't know if Duggan's up to the task, but I think the blueprint in terms of how to stay in this game for TCU is mirroring as much as you can what Stroud did under pressure uh, in in this game. But that, that, that blueprint does sound kind of like Max Duggan, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. (laughs) You were just saying how the key to that Michigan game was that he was under pressure and he did not get sacks and he still made plays. And if that's what you see as the key to potentially taking down Georgia, well, we got the guy for it, man. The Heisman runner up who, as has been noted by multiple social media accounts, has that frog in him Mm -hmm. and who... You know, just just puts his heart out there every play, man. 
And some of that includes staying up when some of the best players in the country are right in your face as you're trying to do stuff in the pocket. I'm, I, I think the other thing, too, is you need to in, somehow find a way to carry the momentum they had against Michigan and getting pressure on J.J. McCarthy into this game against Georgia. You look at Stetson Bennett's splits under pressure versus when kept clean. All of this data, according to PFF, when kept clean against Ohio State, 19 of 26 for 347 and three touchdowns. Legitimately borderline unstoppable. Over 70% completion percentage, over 340 yards and, a touch, and three touchdowns. Under pressure. On the 11 dropbacks, he was under pressure. Four of eight for 51 yards and a pick. Now, getting pressure against this Georgia offensive line is not easy. You know, it's easier said than done. But they found a way against Michigan, and they're going to have to find a way against Georgia to heat up Stetson Bennett, heat up this offense, force him to make mistakes. The old, wily veteran that is Stetson Bennett. I love all the tweets coming out about how Stetson Bennett's like 40 years old, and like there's eight quarterbacks older than him already in the NFL and all that stuff. Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett. And I think if you can get him under pressure in this game, that is you know, another part of this quote-unquote blueprint to keeping in this game. I'm not going to say outright winning it. I think it's going to be, if you want it to be a one-possession game late, you're going to have to, Max Duggan's going to have to be otherworldly under pressure and navigate dirty pockets all night with success. And on the other side of the ball, you're going to have to create pressure on Seth Bennett. Now, that's the game plan probably to stop every offense in college football, get pressure and, and, and not be shit under pressure. But I think it's really, really critical that TCU finds a way to mirror the same thing that they had against Michigan against what is a better team in Georgia. Do you want to hear Max Duggan's stats under pressure? Uh, from PFF? Yes. Uh, yes. Well, guess what? Because if I if I change your bets on this, this oh no, Max Duggan under no, it's good. Max Duggan under pressure, according to Pro Football Focus this year, forty four for one hundred five, nine point eight yards per attempt, six touchdowns, one interception. So, what what you, you know how how are those those keys to the game turning in your head? Let's talk a little bit bit about Stetson because there were times in this game where I was thinking to myself, like you, this, this is kind of a game that shows, this is kind of a game that shows the difference between having an elite QB and having one who's sort of iffy that when Mm -hmm. he was, when he threw that pick, when he was missing passes, I was, I was thinking to myself, like, man, they're losing this game even though they have this great team because their quarterback is sort of not quite there. And in the last moments of the game, he was absolutely ripping throws. He was perfect down the stretch when it came to it. And part of that is that they weren't able to get pressure on those drives, uh, on the late drives of the game. And, I mean, do, do you think TCU has the pass rush to get to him? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. I didn't think they did going into Michigan, and they did, right? I, I think I, under, I underestimated, you know, what they could do, you know, pressuring Michigan. And I think they had success against Georgia for a reason, right? I think, I mean, I had success against Michigan for a reason. They stepped up in that one and understood the assignment, right? I think they went into that game knowing, outright knowing, hey, we have to go in here and, um, you know, get pressure on J.J. McCarthy or he's going to dice us up all day. And they did that, right? And they had had a pressure against him. In, in, in the game alone, you talk about his season-long stats, Max Duggan's season-long stats under pressure. In this game alone against Michigan, he's under pressure, like I said, on uh, 12 dropbacks, I believe, and or 14 dropbacks total. He only completed three passes on those 14 dropbacks. But he don't, only took one sack. And on those three completions, 128 yards and two touchdowns. Like the big plays can happen when you're under pressure and you're in the scramble drill and you're kind of pushed the ball downfield. If you can avoid sacks, which obviously he did, threw the ball away a ton in that one, and find ways to create some of these explosive plays when, pre- when there's pressure, when there's a lot of guys in your face and there's you know, maybe lapses in coverage, that's how you can you know, pull off these like, crazy upsets. Where A game where they were seven and a half point dogs. They're going to go into this one as what should be a 13 and a half, 12 and a half point dog against Georgia. I find myself wanting to, back, you know, talking myself into not taking Georgia as an outright favorite and seeing this game be a 50-point loss. I, I talk myself into more and more Duggan and Sonny Dykes and, and TCU finding a way to at least keep this game close. I don't think I want to, as a, as a better, take Georgia and root for a blowout. I, I find myself with enough reasoning to back TCU at plus 12 and a half and, and probably look at some Duggan props closer to the line or closer to the game um, and, and start backing the Horned Frogs like I should have last week. Like we should have last week, Roger. Yeah, you know, big mistake on us. You know, we've been, we've been backing TCU pretty much all year. You've been backing them like two weeks longer than me. Um, <laughs> really, I think if you want to hear the person who knows the most about college football in the world, you go to like our week seven episodes and you're just like, this TCU team, man, these Horn Frogs, <laughs> I, I love them. And uh, I, I don't remember what week it was that that turned, but like when they were playing those games against like Kansas and Oklahoma State, I feel like those were games that you like highlighted. We were like, we, we got to talk about never in our wildest dreams did we think playing for the national championship. I mean, 250 to one to win the national championship at the beginning of the season and still still a little bit of an uphill battle here. Still at a plus three forty to take down Georgia, but I mean this team has delivered in every every way that we more than we could have possibly dreamed. Where are you leaning? Are you leaning on this plus twelve and a half, or do you like Georgia in a blowout? Um, you know, you know like what, I what said, bet are you going to take? You're going like to be at I, the game too. You're going to be I, you're going to be live yeah, in the press box rooting this on. They're going to they're going to feel your energy. Yeah, as a as a Horde Frog supporter, I'll I'm a. Uh, I'm honored and excited to be at this, to be at the national championship on Monday and so far. Um, haven't been to a game, uh, haven't been to a national championship since before the pandemic. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's, it's like my favorite thing to cover every year. Um, and I haven't been in a couple of years. And listen, I'm not going against TCU again. There's part of my head that's like, 
man, like if it's not for those pick sixes, if it's not for those goal line stops, it's a blowout. But as as hard as we've as high as we've been on TCU all year long, and as much excitement as they brought us, I owe it to them. <laughs> yes. Yes. I owe it to them. We, what what I get I'm 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 betting as much as I bet on Michigan and doubling it. With TCU plus 12 and a half. I'm doing it just I, t- for respect. It's out of respect, honestly. It's out of respect and honestly, hopefully out of forgiveness. We're, we're, we're chasing forgiveness from TCU and those who do bleed purple and we're backing TCU this and, past weekend. And, I think we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to them. And who bleed out of our eyes with the little blood spurting <laughs> thing. It always comes back to, you know, apparently they're actually horned lizards. That disappointed what? me to learn. Yeah, the, the like what? animal itself is called the horned lizard and and TCU has a little bit of a misnomer there because like, but I'm glad they didn't go with that because got that lizard in him. Would it have been as fun of a, a tagline? It's for true. Max Duggan. It's true. It's going to be a dog versus a hog dog with a W and a hog um, oh, or a frog. Wait. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting my you dog. Just hog Ar- frog you just put Arkansas into the national championship. <laughs> yeah. Dog versus frog. I'm, I'm actually, I'm hoping I can see Aga. Um, haven't met Aga uh, before, and, and ho- I assume he'll be at the national championship. How are you feeling about? I mean, these are teams that score a lot of points, and mm-hmm. we've got the over sitting here at sixty-two point five. And like, typically, you think, well, Georgia is probably not going to hit sixty, but both of their last two games, the SEC championship and the Peach Bowl, went over eighty. So. Right now, I'm not feeling great about their defense, and we know that TCU makes big plays, and TCU gives up big plays. Yeah, I think I th- I'm leaning the over. I think that what we saw, obviously, this past week, Ohio State, Georgia, that game go over 80, and obviously the other game with TCU, Michigan, going over, I think 80 as well. I think that the over 62 and a half is where I'm leaning, and I think I think it's important to note this. Obviously, looking at the data and looking at the reasoning why you back a TCU in the spot, dug under pressure and how they were able to get more pressure against Michigan. There's reasoning, there's backing to why you take them plus 12 and a half for the total. Both these last two playoff games went over the, you know, over 62 and a half by a significant margin. I think it's gonna be another high scoring affair between these teams where maybe the Georgia defense is a bit overrated. And if Duggan can navigate pressure like he did against Michigan, I think there's some big plays available, especially with Kendra Miller, the starting running back that did go down is expected to play in the national championship. You'll have your starter back there. I think the over makes sense. I'll also say this. It's a national freaking championship. I want to root for the underdog and I want to root for the over. That's how it goes. That's what the betting markets are adjusting for. That's what the average fan wants to do. What? I want to root for the dog and I want to root for more points. And I think the square bets are going to be on TCU and on the over, but I'm willing to be square to make up for what I did against TCU this past week. And also because it's the last game of the college football season and I want to see some points and I want to see that dog maybe cover or cover for sure, or maybe pull off the upset. Last week I came out here and I was like the the historic treads, both favor the favorite and the under in these games. And, and both games come out and go square as it gets dogs, dogs cover and it goes over. (laughs) Uh, But, but that's, that's where I'm leaning to. I think, I think, there's square bets, but there's there's a little bit of reason behind it. And I mean, TCU, we we've been talking about how they haven't, you know, won games by like thirty all year. They also haven't gotten blown out by anyone. They've won every game they played it except for one that went to overtime that they almost won in overtime. They they have showed up whenever they've needed to show up. And and my heart and my buddy are with them this week. I cannot wait for 
Monday. Cannot wait for the national championship. It's one of my favorite games to watch all year, independent of sport. Even obviously I'm a big NFL fan, big basketball fan. I think college football, the national championship is always a spectacle. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to having you on the West Coast, having you in LA. You're going to have yeah. to stop by the crib. You're going to have to stop by the crib. Maybe we'll get some dinner. Maybe we'll get some coffee. Find a way in your busy schedule. I know you're going to do a lot of preview content, recap content, et cetera. But hopefully we get a chance to, to get together and talk shop and, and do all those things. But um, one last time before the college football playoff, Guess what? I've got what? I've got one last quick bet. Okay, you got another bet? There's another yeah, bet. There's more football to be bet on? Because there's there's actually two games left of the college football season. The FCS championship between Let's go! the FCS championship between North Dakota State and South Dakota State. North Dakota State has won nine of the last eleven FCS championships. Wow. And they are getting four and a half points, and they are plus one fifty two against their arch rivals. South Dakota State, a team that they have beaten four times in a row in the FCS playoffs. The Bison are the greatest dynasty in college football and better than Alabama. And and uh, it's crazy that they're getting four and a half against South Dakota State. You, you got to bet it every that. last game at this point. Yes, yes. What, what it, I, I am going to bet it, looking at the FCS championship, like you said, for, uh, South Dakota it's State. Sunday four for and some half. reason. To- Total is set Sunday at 2 o'clock Eastern. Total is set at 47 and a half. Pretty low uh, between these two teams. I, I'll, I'll bet with you. I haven't watched a lot of FCS. But what I do know is this. I have watched a lot of North Dakota State football because I'm preparing for the draft. And they have a tackle, Cody Mock, who might be the uh-huh. most fun player to watch in all of sports. He is a legitimate riot, dude. He's got some of the, like, the big funniest, red hair. Yeah, yeah. Funniest, but he's also like some of the funniest finishes of any offensive lineman I've watched in a long time. I know he's going to the Senior Bowl. I think that some are projecting him to probably kick inside to guard or center at the next level. He's a little bit short and probably short-armed to play tackle in the NFL. But if you're looking to watch a North Dakota State player and like legitimately laugh at the tape, Cody Mock, that's M-A-U-C-H, that dude's a baller. I'm excited to watch him. He's got legitimate, legitimate NFL prospects, obviously an invite to the Senior Bowl. And they did they they did lose the regular season game to South Dakota State by two points, but I ride with the Bison. They're like my number one fandom outside of Northwestern and I guess TCU now. We're Bison and we are bison. frogs. It's it's bison. kind of a Z sound. Gotcha. I apologize. We're Bison and we bison. are frogs bison. going into the you Sunday know, FCS championship. The 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 less bulldogs and wildcats, the better. You know, true. If you if you could give me a beautiful American animal like a bison or a or a horned frog, but that's it for the season, man. And and yeah, hopefully I could see you when I'm in LA. Hell yeah, man! We really appreciate you. Big shout out to our producer all year long, and Stefan Anderson. A big shout out to you, the Raj Father. Until next time, you bringer, family show. <laughs>